Hi everyone, it's your favorite podcast hosts, Madame and Hannah. And on today's episode, we're going to be doing reactions to our grad school app videos. We know we had promised that we were going to address the pay scale, but we kind of found our videos and just got so excited to react to them. And that's what our episode is going to consist of. So grab your headphones and let's talk speech therapy. So Hannah, how has your week been? It's been really chill. I actually got off of work early today. I only worked like five hours. It's been getting really slow. Mm. I have only two updates for you today. Um, my first one, I think you kind of already know of because you follow me on Instagram, but I picked up running during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I used to hate running. And then my first ever mile or my first ever, ta- ever time that I ran, I did a two mile and it took me 40 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Not my proudest moment. It's okay. But none of us are judging. <laughs> Just a few. I mean, um, if I told you how long it takes me to run a mile, then you'd probably be the one judging, but I won't tell you. <laughs> Go ahead. Do you like running or no? I like how I feel after I run. I don't like how Runner's I feel high. during the run. Right. No, absolutely. I don't either. I hate it. Um, but I ran six miles a year ago at a really slow pace. Um, my friend was running with me, and so we kind of – stayed at like a 1030. We were talking while we were running too. So like a 1030 mile. However, I ran this past Saturday and I did a 930 and I did six miles. And I don't know what so, 1030 and 930 mean. The my time, 1030 minutes and then nine minute and 30 seconds for one mile. Okay. So it was 10 minutes last time and now it's nine minutes. Yes. 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 Okay. I was so, like, I don't know um, what that means. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. I mean, I ran a 10.30 mile, and then a, this time it was 9.30 mile mm. um, within a year. So you shaved off a minute. Yeah, which I thought that was kind of – I Wait. could have done better. Yeah. I'm not judging because it would take me – first of all, I can't run for a whole mile. Second of all, it would take me <laughs> like 25 minutes to complete a mile, if not more. That's that's generous. So, so you're running outside – Correct. No incline. Yes. Okay, and you're Correct. just doing one mile. Oh well, no, there there was there was hills. There okay, was, that makes hills. more sense. Um, and you're doing one mile, six miles, six miles. Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. I was like, yeah. like Hannah, I do a nine minute mile. What are you saying? Yeah, I did a total like, six miles. No, no, I still stand by my statement earlier that it would take me twenty minutes to do a mile, but. Um, If you haven't ran a mile, it took me 40 minutes to run two miles for my mm -hmm. very first time. And now you're at nine minutes for six miles. Wow. Yes, for six miles. Yes. I've, my highest, my fastest time though is on the treadmill. It's a little different. I can Mm -hmm. do a mile on a treadmill at 7.55, seven minutes and 55 seconds. Um, On the road, it's a lot different. My road, it's a little longer. Mm -hmm. It takes me eight minutes and 15 seconds. Is wow. my fastest mile. That's so cool. Yeah. Have you seen the TikToks? No, you haven't because you're not on TikTok. But there are TikToks <laughs> where they're like, come run 18 miles with me. And then they'll like every mile yes, they'll do I a have. check-in. Oh my gosh, you would be so good for that. It's crazy. Um, my friend was asking me like, why didn't you do track? And I was like, or cross country. And I was like, I don't know. I just had this notion that like I wasn't, I hated running, but I actually like really love it. It's a lot of fun. I bought running shoes like a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Bought hookahs. They're great, um, super comfortable, and so yeah, I've been running for the past, you know, since COVID, so three years ish. That's good. So good for your health. Um, I discovered I love spin classes, but that wasn't this week. That was before I had my baby, and I haven't been back. Did I ever tell you about the time that I like? I told myself I was going to work out through my pregnancy, just like everyone else does. Uh, right, tells, right. Just like everyone else tells themselves. And so I used to do, I was doing spin classes regularly at the time and I was doing like um, home workouts. And then I was also doing aerial yoga, which is so mm-hmm. fun if you ever get the chance. Um, and I was horseback riding. So I was like probably at the best shape of my life. And then I was like, I'm going to work out through my pregnancy, blah, 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 whatever, you know, mm-hmm. first time pregnancy feelings. Um I went to the spin class thinking it was the 30-minute class. I was like, I'll try with an express class because I was pregnant. But I was only like five weeks in. Like I wasn't 
very I found out I was pregnant very early on but um so I was like whatever it's only 30 minutes I'll be fine so I'm like pushing through this class and it was a really like cool class it was like Nicki Minaj versus um Cardi B so the music was like really you know pushing and we reach like the 25 minute mark mark and I'm dying I'm so nauseous I'm sweating I'm just like obviously you're sweating you're on the spin bike but like I was so nauseous and I kept like feeling like I'm going to pass out. Like I was just like, my eyesight was getting blurry and I'm like, it's okay. Like, I'm just going to push. I'm just going to push. Well, I pushed right to 30 minutes and then, and she could see me because I'm the only hijabi. So she remembers me every time I go in, but she's like, you got this madam. Don't give up. Like she just keeps like cheering me on in a room full of like 45 women and which is great. I love it. But so she's like cheering me on. We hit the 30 minute mark and I'm like, why didn't we do a cool down? It's okay. Now we're doing the cool down. Like it'll be fine. We were not in fact doing the cool down. We were going for another stretch, right? Turns out. So around, around 50 minutes, I was like, okay, can't keep going. And so I like got off the, got off the bike, walked down the stairs. Cause it's like three levels, mm-hmm. walked down the steps, opened the door to leave. And it was a closet. So I had to close the door and then like leave through the door or whatever. And I told the lady like at the front, I was like, I'm so sorry like that I had to interrupt. I didn't really interrupt, but I left. But like, so everyone was watching me leave. And I was like, I'm so sorry about that. I thought I signed up for a 30 minute class to try out of morning sickness. Like I couldn't keep going or I would have thrown up on the equipment. And she was like, no, that definitely was not a 30 minute class. That was a 60 minute class. But I made it to 50 minutes. And then I never... Wow, while pregnant? That's yeah. crazy. I mean, like I said, I was still really early on. But yeah, it was the nausea had like already kicked in. That's how I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was... I haven't been on the... I mean, I tried to continue at home because I have a spin mm-hmm. bike because I love the classes so much. I bought one. It's not the same. So it's not the same vibe. It's like, not the same leg. Like, have you ever been to a spin class? It's so nice. Not a sp- not a spin class. I've been to a hot yoga class or hot Pilates, mm. hot Pilates. It's because it's like hit workouts and you're like, it's hot. No, I know it's not the same, but very similar. Like I'm talking about like, pump, like yeah, like. well, no. Oh, I mean, I've never been to one of those. I've been to hot yoga and I'll never do it again because I'm a sweaty girl and I hate, I hate the heat. Yeah. But hot I was Pilates thinking like, more like a beat. Yeah, I was gonna say like is it upbeat because they like blast music like you probably need ear mm-hmm. earbuds honestly and like yeah. it's just like they would like black out the room and then like you'd get neon by like neon lights and then it just yeah. black out. Again. It's I, similar. It's similar. Cool, cool. Yeah, then maybe I should try but, that. Um, cycling, but, yeah. cycling might be a little more intense. I don't know. I was just saying like, did they blast music? But yeah, that's why I love it because of the music and just like everyone's in rhythm. But anyways, Mm -hmm. I don't even know how we got on this tangent of me telling you about my workout, but I'm happy that you are (laughs) doing six miles in nine minutes. Congrats. Yeah. I I run, I typically run like four miles when I work out. So I work work out like four, three to four times a week. And then I run, I'll run a four mile and then do a hit workout afterwards. Um, So yeah. I like to work out a lot. Um, That's my first update. My second update has to do with our two up last episode, two episodes ago, Mm. where we talked about your confession, Mm. um, your SLP confession. I have a quick little update for you. Um, I was talking to a friend and I had mentioned your story. She listens to our podcast and I had mentioned your story to her and she was a slipper working in a private practice and she was telling me that during covid um when like covid was like when it first happened and even like a year or two after i believe or a year after she was saying that um hipaa had come out with regulations in regards to they were dropping all of their like um privacy or like violations because of covid and so like they were able to take files home they were able to use their personal computers in order to look up like different like files or documents mm-hmm. Um, and so my friend was like, Maram actually didn't break any like HIPAA violations because HIPAA had changed the regulations per COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was in her internships during COVID times. Um, so she didn't break anything. And I wanted to tell you that to give you some reassurance. Thanks. I mean, I think like during the, com- I think we came to the conclusion. I hope we came to the conclusion. Like we didn't, I didn't break any laws, but like maybe the company right. had their own policy, but then we also maybe. said that didn't yeah, make yeah. sense. Cause why on earth would like, it just didn't, I don't know. I was proof listening to the episode and like, I was just like, you could hear the relief. Like when you were like, Madame, you're okay. And I was like, <laughs> like, that was a real confession. I genuinely, yeah. but that's good to know, honestly, like, 
I just mm-hmm. was just like, mm. yeah. yeah. I just wanted to give you some reassurance because Thanks. you told me that. I was like, oh, I should probably tell Maram and just update our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so good news. Um, but that's kind of all my updates that I have. How has your week been going? What's been um, going on with you? Let me think. My week's been really good. Um, I had something to update you on and now I forgot. I've had a really good week. Oh, um, I did end up seeing like my AEC client. Um, he is mm-hmm. so this is kind of he's really talented at using his AAC mm-hmm. device. And I was looking at his goals and he's already met all of them, but he's been in therapy for years. We're talking like 16 years, like 15 years. Like he's been in therapy for a long time. And I'm not sure why we're keeping him, if I'm being honest. Like, um, mm-hmm. like I we so I did the goal. I went over the goals, and the person who like transferred him over to me, the other therapist, um, she was like, "Here's what we're working on," and she sent me like a list of thirty questions, and it was like, you know, first starts with personal information, what's your name, where is your address, blah blah, and he using can using the AAC device, yeah. right? And then yeah, exactly, using the AAC device, and then he can like navigate it from the homepage all the way to the response, and then we even like went to like what's your favorite color? What's your, cause I was just following the list of questions that she had. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, mm-hmm. what's your favorite color? What else did she ask? Like, I was just going through all those things, favorite place to eat, favorite dessert, whatever. I can't remember all the questions. Um, and he did really great. So then I wanted to have like a conversation with him. So I also had an iPad with Prolo Quo mm-hmm. on it. And so I was telling him like, you know, my favorite color is blo- is pink. What's yours? And then he could totally respond and his mom was like really prompting him she was like mm-hmm. she asked you a question she asked you a question answer answer but she didn't need to be like she he didn't need it like mm-hmm. he because mm-hmm. at one point i was like okay i want to see how, if he can do it all by himself like i want to see how independent he can be and he absolutely could be independent i think it was just like her mom instincts like yeah. you know like making sure he's paying attention um does the program for Proloquo, do you feel like he can advance to touch chat? Because I know that Proloquo is more for like um, new users mm. where like touch chat is more advanced. You have more options to like expand utterances. You mm. can um, make it more personalized and you can make bullet paragraphs and sentences. I don't mm. think developmentally, like his developmental age, is that what it's called? I don't think I'm blinking. Mm-hmm. I've had a, um, a long day, but I don't think developmentally he would be able to do paragraphs. Like he is co- um, his cognition is not there, like mm-hmm. at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I mean, we could try it. What I was going to do next session, I almost said next episode, what I was going to do next session was um, make, see, I mean, it's not on the goals. Like technically he met his goals. He could have, mm-hmm. it was like a three turn conversation, but we did five but I also wasn't like timing it like it was just that's Mm -hmm. that's how the conversation ran like the conversation just ended after five um which is pretty good for him for like his goals three um but was I gonna say I was the next thing I was gonna do was like have picture scenes and then we were gonna talk about Mm -hmm. that because I feel like that's more Mm -hmm. difficult than talking about yourself um absolutely but it's still like he can use whatever language that he has right now i mean but yeah to it i mean i I just know i worked with proloco and touch chat and i personally liked touch chat it gave you more options and more um kind of like diversity Mm -hmm. um and more like availability to make it more Mm user-friendly or just like more personalized i think um oh my gosh Mm. i remember now what i had to tell you oh i've been thinking about this I was re- like I told you earlier that I was thinking I was listening to the podcast or mm-hmm. the next episode that's going to come out and I could not figure out what I had to tell you. You just sparked something in me. Okay. So, sorry. I don't mean to No, go you. ahead. Do you remember when I was talking about that um that client I used to work with who had autism was a teenager that used um touch chat? Yes. Um so we okay, so Controversial topic. I was an ABA therapist. Um, that's something that's a topic we could discuss later on. But we, I was working with her for more behavioral things and she had a speech therapist. Um, we used her AAC device mainly for her lessons and communication. Um, so we were trying to kind of use it as a way of like a coping mechanism so she can, instead of like showing aggression how can she verbalize that instead right and so like she had transitioned from proloquo like i said to touch touch chat mm-hmm. and um the my company that i was working for her 
behavioral consultant or like the person above me Mm -hmm. um, was the one programming it. And I was like, oh, interesting. Like, why isn't her speech therapist programming it? Isn't that kind of, if speech, she's working with these speech therapists, I think she did what once a week sessions, 60 minute was her frequency. And I was like, I was in one of her sessions and I actually read all of her goals and none of her goals were for like AAC. Oh, And I was like, what? I was Mm -hmm. like, they were only working on receptive and, and like, like simple what questions or WH questions. Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, can't you correlate that to like AAC too? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, she did yeah. have expressive language, but it was pretty like you would need an, like her AAC. If she had an AAC device, um, we should be utilizing it. And it helped her a lot communicate or helped her greatly in communication. Um, and so I was like shocked. I was like, I was only a grad student at the time. And I was like telling the mom, I was like, you know, as a speech therapy student, I'm pretty sure the speech therapist should be the one, A, programming it Mm. um, and assisting with programming. And that's what we were taught in school. Mm -hmm. And not only that, like they should make goals for AAC. Um, Mm -hmm. They should be the one utilizing and teaching her how to like use it. Yeah. Um, And it was up to the ABA like company to do that. And I was like, I'm a student and I'm just a tech and I'm the one programming it. Like that doesn't seem right. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I see what you mean. Like, that's your like the speech therapist specialty. So why isn't the speech therapist yeah. doing it? I wonder. I wonder like why they weren't targeting it. Maybe because I know with the schools it's a little different. I mean, I don't know. No, it was a private uh, practice. Oh, she was seeing the speech therapist at a private practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew that's- the company too. So I'm, that's why I was like, I said you need to have a meeting and advocate for an AC. And then I don't know if they ever switched it. Um, but she was like, oh, the mom was like, that's a really good idea. And I was like, yeah, I was like shocked. And so I wanted to ask you if you had goals for AAC, but sounds like you do. So yeah, great. Good idea. We do. <laughs> Our goals are for the, specifically for the AAC device. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, um, interesting to know. I wonder why, I wonder why they never, I, uh, maybe it was just lost. I don't know. Maybe she just, they didn't have a meeting or they didn't see value in it. Maybe they I thought like her verbalization, verbalizations were enough or something. Yeah, which I, I mean, I think that's a missed opportunity and a just a misuse or not misuse, but a um, disregarding her like lack of resources, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. But sounds anything good. else? Um, I spent all day yesterday. You can just beep this out. <laughs> I spent all day yesterday at. Um, I went in for a physical at ten a.m. Mm-hmm. I got there at 9.45. I got to my appointment at 10.20 because I oh could God. not find parking. Finally found parking. I had Omar with me because, like, I didn't have time to drop him off. And so he was with me. We went to the appointment. It took forever because I was late. So they had to, like, just put me in where, where they, wherever they could, which isn't their fault, obviously. And then um, did my physical. And then, like, this lady, this, do- this lady, this doctor – so I was in the Middle East when I was like between five and seven, and then I went back later on in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got that, I got the vaccine. My mom calls it a fob shot. Like it's how you know someone's a fob because it leaves a scar. Um, and only the fob countries oh. <laughs> offer, I guess. I don't know. It's just a little joke that she tells. Um, but anyways, because nobody else has it except like me and my brother. But anyway, so it's a shot for TB. PCG, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so I was telling the doctor because she was like, "Okay, we need to do a TB test," and I was like, "Okay, but I always do a chest X-rays because I got the vaccine, so I always test positive." I just realized this a couple months ago when a volunteer had told me the same exact story. Yes, she had the same exact experience. She does chest X-rays instead. Okay, Sorry, keep going though. Yeah, yeah it's no, no, you're good. And then so I was just like, oh, so you know, I'm just like telling her that that's not uncommon. I know you just discovered it Hannah but like it's really common like my doctors have never my doctors have never thought it was weird and she was like well so then you test positive and I was like yeah I I do because I have this vaccine so instead I do chest x-rays she's like have you ever gotten treatment for it and I was like no I haven't because I've never had tb and she was like but you test positive and I was like yes and she's like so you need treatment and I was like no, I don't. And in my head, I was like, what are you like, what is not connecting? Like, what am I saying that is making this more confusing than it needs to be? And 
she we sat there maybe you guys for 10 minutes going back and forth no about way. like yeah just having that same exact conversation so you need treatment no i don't you tested positive yes i did like just like and she's like you know what because you test positive, we're going to have to do a blood test and a chest x-ray. And I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, when did you say that, though? You were telling her that you needed a chest x-ray. Then she added the blood test. I don't know. I don't know if I had to do that anyway. But she, like, said because I was whatever. So then we go to do the blood test. And I was there. <laughs> you guys, I was there from 11 until 2. Oh waiting gosh. for my blood test. Yes. And then I went and did my chest x-ray and I went home. And so my my son was losing his mind because he's nine months old and like right. I didn't have any toys. I literally thought I've done physicals for hospitals before and I've just maybe, like yeah. got and left. Maybe 30 yeah. minutes. Yeah. yeah. And so like I was like, whatever, we'll do this and then we'll hang out with my mom for the rest of the day. Well, that didn't work out because I was at the hospital until 2 30. Um, my mom ended up coming to get him. I texted him around, texted her around 12, and I was like, Can you come get him? Oh, that's nice. And so she came and she got him. It was really nice. But then, like, everyone in the waiting room, because he had been crying and like complaining. So I was like playing with him, but he got to the point where like I can't like soothe him. Like, he just wants to be out of the car seat. He wants to eat. He wants to play. Um, (laughs) so my mom and that's when she came, and literally everybody's head like whipped. Everybody in, Everybody in the waiting room whipped their head and looked at us as she took my son away. And I said, like, bye, mama. And I told my mom, like, thank you, mom. And they still, like, they were, like, like, looking between me and my mom and, like, you're letting your kid get kidnapped. Like, that was the vibe. But my cousin... Oh, I thought they were, like, happy that he was leaving. <laughs> I thought they were going to start clapping, like, yay, he's gone. I'm like, oh, so sad. No, I mean, I'm sure part of them was relieved because he wasn't, like, he hadn't reached the point where he's just screaming. Like, he's a really mm-hmm. chill kid. Like, we got there at 10 and yeah. he was in his car seat for, like, almost two hours. So, I mean, I took him out when I was waiting for the doctor. But anyways, mm-hmm. so my mom took him. My cousin thinks that everyone turned their head like that because they're, like, there's no way she's the grandma, but I think they thought I was just watching my kid get taken away. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they look terrified. And me and my mom, like, it's we look so a lot funny. alike. And I like, made a point to say, like, bye, mom, or like, right. bye, mama right. to him. And then thank you, mom, to her. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that's my update. That's it. That's what my week has been. It has been being at the oh. hospital. So now we're going to be reviewing our um, grad school video applications. We're going to start with you, Maram. Um, let's watch your video and okay. see how it is. I'm so excited. Yeah, I am too. Here we go. Hi, my name is Maram Abed, M-A-R-A-M-A-B-E-D. So a little bit about myself. I was born here in the U.S., but when... I was younger, we moved back and forth between living in the U.S. and living in the Middle East. And I remember the first time my parents told me we were going to be living in the Middle East, I started crying because I didn't want to ride camels and live in caves. When we got there, I realized that's not the way people in the Middle East live. (laughs) So, um, I don't know what possessed me to put that in the actual video. But I just want to preface by saying that when my family told us we were moving to the Middle East, I think I was like five. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we ever moved from the United States to the Middle East. We did it multiple mm-hmm. times. But I think I was five. And like I genuinely remember core memory just like crying because I didn't want to have to ride camels to school. I didn't want to live in a cave. Like I liked having a house. So yeah. Um, and I guess like, I don't know. The first like What gave you the idea that the Middle East was like that? I don't know. Maybe I like um stereotypical i don't know (laughs) it's just being racist some um, internalized racism you've grown you've grown from that yeah absolutely and honestly we had a gorgeous house when we were there like Mm -hmm. i don't know if you like if you guys are the same way but a lot of arabs like have nice houses back home or like even um people from different parts of africa are the same way we're like there's like the stereotype that people in Africa are poor or whatever but like I know Africa is a whole continent but like I'm blanking on the specific names but like actually back home like they have gorgeous houses and stuff like that yeah right 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 anyways anyways here we go keep going just I feel like I'm such a baby here my cheekbones are cheekboning but my eyes are baggy and my voice is like so tiny 
I know. Oh my gosh. Also, like, I want to say like this, remember a couple episodes ago, maybe it was the last one. Mm -hmm. No, it was a couple where we talked about the grad school application. I said like, oh, I cried. And then Kirsten brought me coffee. I recorded like, this was it. This is why my voice is dead. I'm dead inside. And where were you recording this? So this is in the department. Um, I used to do like research for one of the professors. So I asked her if I could just record Mm -hmm. in the office I used to use. Um, And she said, yeah. Got it. And what were you playing with? I hear like I don't know, like tingling. <laughs> I'm clearly fidgeting with something. I mean, at this point, I like nervous. yeah. And at this point, like I'd re-recorded so many times, I cannot explain. Uh-huh. Like, first of all, it took me forever to record the video, and then for it to delete, and then mm-hmm. for it, like it was just everything was falling apart. I mean, if there was ever a sign not to go to grad school, I ignored all of them. This was it. Yeah, I just like was like <laughs> screw it, I'll do it. Here we go. After coming back to the U.S., my parents decided that they wanted to move back to Jordan. So growing up in Jordan was very different than growing up in the U.S. In the Middle East, women's education isn't really a priority, and so it wasn't important to me either because that's the environment that I was surrounded by. Okay, so I just wanted to jump in and say um, that, like, this is going way back, like, right we're in 2023 now. Um, absolutely, women are educated and whatever, all that great stuff, even back then. But mostly what I met was like the people I was surrounded by. They were mostly like mm-hmm. just like moms and wives. They weren't like somebody working. And if they worked, they were usually a teacher. That was pretty much like the only job um, that like mm-hmm. my family personally did. Um, and so for me, I was just saying like, that's not something I saw. So like you're influenced by your environment. So like I don't know if I go into this or if I already said it, but like, Uh I just, that's what I wanted to do. Like, and I've always wanted to be a mom. I love it. But anyway. Um, Wait, question. Mm. What does your mom do? My mom is a mom. She's a stay-at-home mom, but she is living her best life. If anybody would convince you to be a stay-at-home mom, it's my mom. But yeah, she's she's a stay-at-home Do you think I can be a, my dream is to become a stay-at-home mom with no kids? A stay-at-home wife? You know? Yeah, just yeah, Ham- Amanda has the same dream. Um, no, I don't think that you could because I think you're <laughs> like me where you're very driven and just like very used to a high pace life. That, that is true. And like I'm really struggling, like I struggled with maternity leave. Like I mm. was just like, I'm ready to go back. But I also had like that mm. mom, like, you know, like that. I don't know if like anyone else who has kids like felt this where like, oh my God, you're still only mm-hmm. two months. Like I can't leave you. I can't, you know, like this little bit of mom guilt. Mm-hmm. But now like I'm getting back into the things like getting back into working and I can feel it giving me life. Like I cannot have a mm-hmm. slow paced environment. I love having a busy right, schedule. Right. Um, so I, I think, and I think you're like me. I don't think you could be a stay <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so either. I agree. Okay, keep going, keep going. I'm excited. But at the start of my freshman year, my mother sat me down and told me that if I wanted to go to college, I was going to have to fight for it and that she would be happy to fight for it beside me, but only if I put in the effort. And so I started taking my school more seriously. And that year, I went from a student who got C's and D's to a student who got an award for having the highest GPA. That did happen, 100%. Summer before I went into 10th grade, Mm -hmm. my parents decided to move back to the U.S. And although I was terrified of attending an American public school, I knew that I was a social person and relied heavily on peer interactions. I feel like that was a quote I took directly from my mom when I was like saying, what should I say in my video? And she's like, you should tell them that you're a social person and you rely heavily on peer interactions. And I was like, yes, ma'am. And I am. I 100% am. Yeah. Two questions. Okay, first of all. Um, why do you look low-key, like, dead? Like, I told is it you. you were crying? I was sobbing. Tired? I was tired. I was crying. Like, my eyes are so swollen. I will say, like, my lips look uh-huh. really good in this. But I'm just, like, dead. <laughs> but, um, I remember, like, recording this. And I remember thinking, like, I'm just, like, hi, my name's Madame. I, like, I had recorded this so many times in so many different and settings. tired. Yeah, like, I recorded right. it in my cousin's room. I recorded it in her office. I recorded it in my oh. room, my brother's room my family's office, the department's office. Like it was just not. And then like for it to delete, like I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. Like this is probably not going to work anyway. Let me just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. But yeah, I do. Did you ever think of like breaking into segments and then try to edit? It is broken into segments, but this was like the day before. Yeah. Didn't you notice like the jumps so far? I don't know. Maybe they've been good so far, but not too bad. No, not. I mean, this is before like the whole TikTok era where people were like, you know, easily editing i don't know mm-hmm. um, um my, yeah. go ahead oh 
my second question was, um, did you feel like, so you talk a lot about, um, you know, like you felt like you had, your mom said that you had to fight for like your education. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you exaggerated your story a tad bit or was that like for accurate for like to get in, um, to get into, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, I think my wording was a little drum dramatic like in terms like the way I'm speaking dramatized dramatized. and I think we see this more when I keep going but I also think a part of that is like me being like a fob and just like that's what I thought professional was like the words that I'm using the way I'm pronouncing them I don't know but that was genuinely like my experience like I remember so in Jordan like they they rank their students and like so sixth grade a sixth grade b sixth grade c Mm -hmm. and d we all got ranked okay from like the top students to the bottom students and then like the top three Mm -hmm. always you know were like mentioned and whatever and everyone was always fighting like the girls there were so motivated and it was cutthroat Mm. actually I've never experienced cutthroatness like that until undergrad like it was the only two times I've ever experienced that and so I genuinely did not care you guys like I literally didn't care about school no motivation Mm. nothing nothing in me like motivated me to go to school I hated it And my mom was saying, like, I'm happy to fight beside you. If you want to get your degree and, like, you want to argue and you want to fight for this, I will fight for it. But, like, I'm not going to fight for someone who's just not going to put in her best effort. I'm not going to – yeah, I'm not going to fight for someone who's just going to, like, drop out the second it gets hard. Like, make it worth fighting for, Mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like, we we did. I mean, I just think it was like a – like I said, nobody around me was really doing this. My cousins were – like, my direct cousins were in a different country – and then even then, like, I don't even really know, like, that they, like, we didn't know what was going on with them. They were in Jordan still. And so, like, mm-hmm. usually my dad, like, he, like, is influenced by his brothers. So maybe it would have been a little mm-hmm. bit less. I don't know. If, like, his, like, your yeah. cousins were going through that similar exactly. situation. But it was right, so scary right, right, for right. him. Like, this was so, this experience was so terrifying. And I think I do go through it. But, like, we fought a lot. But I also want to say, like, mm-hmm. he also supported me paying for my books. He also, mm-hmm. like, paid whatever was left on the tuition. He also, like, paid for my car. That took me there. Like, I was a very privileged person. Right. But it was just, like, I don't know. Maybe you're like this with your parents. Like, sometimes our ideologies – or that's not the right word. But, like, sometimes our point of views don't match up. Like, I absolutely mm-hmm. yeah, think absolutely. every woman should have her education. And I would yeah. literally fight for any woman to get her education. Mm-hmm. At this mm-hmm. time, like, in 2015 – um that wasn't my dad's mentality like that wasn't his right you know yeah I mean we also come from different culture I mean different not cultures that too yeah as well as different um, generations Mm -hmm. like my our parents are probably in the the similar age range um so like definitely like my mom's viewpoints Mm -hmm. differ a lot Mm -hmm. from what my viewpoints are um just because I'm a lot younger and I come from a different generation Mm -hmm. so and I think it's I think it's a beautiful story that you guys have that you guys had this he ended up like having this mutual understanding mm-hmm. and he tried something different. He supported you through mm-hmm. um, something he wasn't used to yeah. and didn't really understand. And now he sees like such the value in it. Yeah, absolutely. He guys. brags about me all the time. Like even back then, even when we would mm-hmm. fight like over like taking nighttime classes was one of the things that like uh, I had yeah. to be like, okay, but they only offer this class at 7.30 p.m. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Yeah, like that's the only time. And so like we – like we like it was always from a place of love. It was always from a place of concern. Right. But like then and he caring, would like right. be bragging like, oh, my daughter, she's in college. She's getting high grades. Mm. Um, She's the top right. student in her cohort. She got an award for blah, blah. Absolutely. Like he was – <laughs> Not he did not hear that word. Those words were me, but like he, like he was my biggest fan. It was just like, yeah. I think I just scared him. Honestly, I think I scared him. I'm a very motivated, very motivated, big personality Absolutely. woman, and he had to. I mean, he also has a big personality. Where did he think I got it from? <laughs> so I fought my family and told them that I wanted to go to a public school, and finally convinced them. This was one of the best things to ever happen to me because this school really emphasized the importance of careers and higher education. So without this school, I would have never found the field of speech therapy or and I probably never would have wanted to go to college either. So it was through this school that I was able to reassess my life goals. I remember the day I told my parents I wanted to pursue a degree in speech pathology rather vividly. I'd been so excited. See, to this tell is them maybe a little bit dramatized. Dramatized. But instead of them being happy for me, they shut me down and told me that 
a woman cannot have a career. Mm. Her priorities should but be her husband <laughs> and her kids. And I remember being so confused why they were lecturing me instead of being excited for me. And I found that even though I had grown, my culture hadn't changed. It was still the same. So I may have moved to the U.S. and my perspective on things may have changed, but that didn't change my parents' perspective. Mm. Also, I feel like saying my parents is like such a diss to my mom because my mom has always been like pro madame. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I feel like oh oh go ahead yeah I feel like here you get a little more um you have your intonation kind of changes ferocity changes you getting more alive yeah okay, I think I realized like I was sounding dead and so I like picked uh-huh. it up but I was ref- I refused to re-record it so I was like they're just gonna have to watch past the first three <laughs> minutes <laughs> I was just like, bear through it. yeah, I'm like, if they can get past the three minutes, they'll get, even this though, like, if you know me, like, you guys have been listening to the podcast, like, this yeah. is not me, like, I'm not this, like, timid little, I don't know. Yeah, like, girl was tired and done. done. Oh she gosh. was done. But honestly, my cheekbones are cheekboning in this video. <laughs> but the eye bags are there, like, so I guess I've always had those. It's not a result of the baby. No. Something's <laughs> And so I remember thinking that my priorities were perfectly fine for a 17-year-old to know what I want to do with my life. I thought that was great. But instead, that just led to fights and arguments in the house because my mom supported me, but my dad didn't. And so finding a way to be able to convince them to let me attend college and not only that, but have a career was really hard. Also true. (laughs) However, when I started college, I accepted my newfound freedom with open arms. I started to get more involved in volunteering and education and just really anything. I wanted to learn more and take advantage of my time on campus because otherwise I was just at home. And one of the things I found out about was a refugee center that helped local refugees. And so I started volunteering there. And while I was case managing, I heard a lot of these refugee stories. And some of them were telling me about how they'd been in refugee camps for five years. And when you're in a refugee camp in the Middle East, you're not allowed to work and you're not allowed to go to school. And so their kids had been deprived of school for five years. I just want to say, I don't know if this is still the case, but yeah, like when I, when this was like in the beginning of the Syria war Mm -hmm. crisis like when we were first getting like an influx of refugees especially in our area Mm -hmm. we got a lot um and that like I would have kids in my tutoring program I don't know never mind that's a spoiler I think I do say that (laughs) I'm just gonna press play (laughs) I'm just gonna press play and this was a big deal because a lot of these kids left Syria or wherever they were fleeing from um in first grade and so they missed these early literacy skills that you learn in the first years of school And so now they're in the U.S. and they're being mainstreamed with people from their Mm. age and they're falling behind because they can't read because they didn't have the foundations needed for that. And so I reached out to a few friends and volunteers and family members and asked them if they'd be willing to start a tutoring program. Um, And of course, there was hesitation and most of them didn't have the time. So I started tutoring kids on my own. But as word spread that I was starting to tutor kids, more and more families were reaching out to me and I could only tutor so many of them with my schedule. I just want to say that's so cool. Good for you. I actually didn't know. I knew you had worked with like um, refugees, but I didn't really know to the extent. And that is so awesome for you, like starting tutoring kids on your own. Um, you have such a great heart. I think I said that in the past couple episodes, like a long time ago. But like, I was like, wow, you have such a good heart. That's amazing. I to, love like, it. hear what they went through. Yeah, it was honestly like, it, out. yeah, wow. it literally filled my cup so much. I think that is the thing that mm-hmm. I'm most proud of over my career or like over my adult life that I did because I I mean these kids literally like when we first started they had no motivation they were like Mm. because remember like when you're a refugee you didn't choose to you're not an immigrant you didn't choose to come to this country right like you were forced forced. you're forced to leave and then like just like the stories that you hear about what these kids go through their parents what they go through like in the process of getting here it's not easy Mm -hmm. um and so like they kind of like had their um passion like burnt out of them they were so burnt out and like I remember one of them wanted to be an officer or something and I was like yeah like you'd make such a good police officer and he's like I can't be a police officer I'm not American they would never let me be and I just remember Mm -hmm. like having talks with them about this and like being like no you absolutely can be a police officer if you want to like you absolutely can and just like having talks Mm -hmm. with them about all this and like 
Um, honestly, this was my favorite thing that I ever did. Um, and I was so sad when I had to stop. But I mean, doing this at 19, kudos to you. Good for you, Madam. Or like what, 1920-ish? Yeah. However old you were. Yes. Little Maram. Little Better baby Maram. Oh my gosh. It's so crazy the difference seven years you know makes. I know. Like you're so like tiny. And what? I want to give you a hug. <laughs> and like, I'm like, it's okay. You get in. And like your hijab is like so cute. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. My husband saw like this like icon and he was like, you look just like your mom here. And I was like, I don't feel like I do. <laughs> Maybe. I am her like little twin. So I contacted my best friend, my cousin, and together we agreed that we were going to start tutoring kids and Shout start out to our tutoring program. I made some flyers and I posted them around and got a few volunteers who were interested. But as the program grew, I knew that I had to go beyond recruiting family and friends and people that I knew from my local mosque. And so I reached out to the CSAD department because I know that our students are really great. And so I started having CSAD And they were so helpful. Tutor some refugees and it's been going really good and they've been helping us keep the program afloat but we noticed that Sunday tutoring wasn't enough so we started adding a program as the weekday tutoring and during that students meet with the tutors twice a week for an hour each time to go over um, literacy skills and to go over homework assignments and if there's anything else that needs to be addressed it gets addressed but those two are the priority there we go Sorry. You're good. I'm like making you stop the video. I have so many okay. questions. Wait, so like you said it was Sunday tutoring. Where did you host this? Like, okay. Where was it at? So there was a, like a mosque that also – like it was a really big mosque, um, probably like 20 minutes from our school. And they had like an mm-hmm. open area for like with tables and chairs, almost like a cafeteria that was open mm-hmm. all like um, 24-7 access. Um, I mean, most mosques in general are 24-7 access, but like maybe they have a ca- go uh, – a code on their gate. Sorry, switching a the goat. You're like, wow, talking about stereotypical. Watching. <laughs> like a goat watching around. No, I was, I was like, okay. I was gonna say a goat on their cade because, like, I was switching the K and the gut, but a uh, code okay. on their gate. Um, but yeah, so okay. we used to go there, and then like I would just link up like the tutor with the student, and that's usually where they did it. Um, we didn't go to their houses. A lot of them lived like in a very impoverished area that personally I didn't feel at the time, especially I didn't feel safe going to, um, not because of them, but just like the neighborhood, like, you know, I was just Mm -hmm. like, "Mm, no, thank you. But a good idea to go outside of the home too. And like, yeah, I mean, it was within walking distance to them. So like we were still close by, we're literally like maybe three blocks from them. Like, cause they all lived in the same apartments too. Um, at this oh, time wow. and so um, they would and they knew it because this was their mosque like they used to come they used to walk like a little extra to get here for like um, to play or to go to the prayer or whatever um, but yeah that's right. where we did it I tried to we also had an office for case managing so a couple of times I would see kids on my own there um, like during the week but this is where we did like our it was really fun we had like a big wow. group and also like our lesson plans were so good who made the lesson plans? You? It was me and Noor. So Noor was like more in charge of like the actual like phonics, like the teaching, the literacy of teaching to read. She's a teacher now. Um, and she was in her like teaching program then. And then I was more in charge of like figuring out the activities and like um the administrative That's stuff a of duo. like, yeah, we were okay. we're besties. Um <laughs> duo though. That's yeah. awesome. And then um, yeah, I did like That's also cute. the administrative stuff and like but we really like put our hearts and souls into this, and some days you it was so hard. Facilitator. Yeah, I used to call myself. Wait, the... what happened? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Wait, what did you call yourself? The program coordinator. <laughs> Just <cute>. kidding. <laughs> so yeah. drama. I should get you a little plaque. Mm-hmm. I should get you a plaque. Um, wait. So, hmm. I forgot my question. Oh. oh wait, what happened to the program? Like, did you end up just falling off? So what happened was when I had to end, like, I was graduating um, and Mm -hmm. I was going to start the master's program and I was also moving Mm -hmm. two and a half hours away from where the tutoring was done. Um, I reached Mm -hmm. out to a couple of people to see if they would be willing to, like, take my spot and, like, keep it going. Um, Most of them, like, they all said no. And then Mm -hmm. they, like, it kind of just ended up, like, I did some online tutoring, but then it just you know, ran its course. And honestly, I really believe like that a way to show how great 
of a leader you are is that when you leave, things stay <laughs> like they, you know, it doesn't crumble when you're gone. So that's honestly one of my biggest regrets. But that somebody, I recently got an email. Well, not recently. It was before Ahmed was born. So like 18 months ago, I got an, <laughs> I got an email of someone asking me if I'd be willing to like, she's restarting the tutoring program and asked if I'd be willing to tutor. And I was like, I would love to accept that I'm literally like three hours away. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's what happened to it. It was a bummer. Mm. Wait, so wait, you said, so it ended technically, but how did someone pick it up? Um, I don't know how she picked it up. I think probably like she was a volunteer for the program and like she probably same thing that happened to me where she saw like the need and then I can I can see the person in charge being like, Oh, we used to have a tutoring program and blah blah and she decided to like she's doing it a little different. She's not I don't think she's doing like the Sunday thing. I think she's only doing like one on one tutoring, which honestly is probably what they need more so than Okay. Got it. That makes sense. It's a good way to not end up being keep on going. Yeah. Keep on going, little Rom. Tell me what you got. We're like halfway through, guys. <laughs> this program helped them so much because they went from thinking that they had no future, no opportunities, to understanding that as long as they put in the work, there will be opportunities for them to grow and to learn. Our priority isn't to give them high grades. Our priority is to make them know that they are capable of achieving more. They don't have to be stuck in the cycle of poverty, of not knowing, and of loss. So we make a point to mentor them and to find out what's in their interest. Do they want to be cops? Do they want to be firemen? And then we see what steps it takes to get there. That was so upbeat. So this program doesn't just help this generation of kids. It helps the generation before them because while they're with us getting tutored, their parents are getting ESL classes in the next building over. And then it also helps the generation oh, that's, that's awesome. to come. That wasn't because, me, though, but that was, um, it was a if cool If they're thing. educated and they can read, then they can teach their kids to read and they can educate their kids. And that way they can break free of the cycle of poverty. While volunteering at a Title I school, Jump I was topics. able to work with children who had cerebral palsy and articulation disorders and Down syndrome. And one of the times that I was volunteering there, I worked with a girl who had an expressive and receptive language disorder. And together we were reading a book, and with this book came stickers to follow the storyline. And so I started. Honestly, off I think pink is my color. And I asked her to put the dog on the floor next to the girl. And so to confirm my command, I asked her, "Where are you going to put the dog?" And she wasn't able to tell me. She said, "Here," but she just pointed at the. Page. I hate this part. And so I told her, "Oh, are you going to put the dog next to the girl on the floor?" And she said, yeah. And then she didn't put it in the right spot. So I knew that she wasn't understanding. Hold on. Pause. There you go. Go. Wait, why did you say that? I was... You're like, yeah. You're like, I need to make it extra right here. I was imitating her, like, in quotation marks. Yeah. Like, my little baby voice. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I could have told the story way differently. But go ahead. Wait, you said that this was reading partners? Is that what you said? No, this was, I volunteered at a elementary school. I said in a Title I elementary school. I volunteered with a speech therapist there for like two years. Um, oh, okay. For yeah. some reason. Because I was like, I did reading partners. Yeah, like, I know you, you did. did. I didn't know. Yeah. I thought about it, I but I was know like. I did it. Mm, you know it's I just did something it? in my mind. I think you've mentioned it before. When we were I in did. undergrad. I like, A lot of people I did, did it. I think Marissa did reading partners. Uh, I think so too. Well, like, that's crazy. Like, I, I feel like we talked like and we feel like. Oh, I think so too. Wait, what? What did he I said? Oh, I think so. Oh too. no, 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 no. So I was so sorry. I was thinking of my next lesson. No, you're good. No, no. Actually, I don't know. I did her and Kristen. Kristen do it too? I don't think Kristen I, did, but I don't know. I would actually, I would know anyways, if she did, but I don't. I don't know if oh, she did. Maybe not. I don't remember. I know a lot, you're right though. A lot of people did do it. Um, I. I just say that because I was like, oh, that's crazy if you knew that. Like, that's, I don't know how you know because I felt like we talked, but we didn't talk. No, so I don't think you told me. You. I think you, like, shared it at some point during class. Like, oh, I think – You listening to me? <laughs> this is the thing with my brain. I have such a bad memory for, like, the important stuff. But, like, I know – like, I store information. And I used to have a really good memory. That's crazy. Like, when I first moved here from Jordan, I remember thinking school here is so easy because – they had trained me in Jordan to like memorize everything. And so I just mm. like, I don't know what happened to it. Like I used to have a really strong brain, a really good memory. And now like I remember the weirdest things like that you were in that's reading so partners weird. or that like yeah. How did you, you have an that? aunt who's an audiologist. Like I don't know why that's stuck in my mind. 
that's crazy because I sometimes forget that I was doing reading partners. <laughs> I'm like, how did she remember? I mean, it wasn't like on my mind, but when you said it, I was like, oh yeah, you did do that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So then the speech therapist told me to dial it down to one-step commands, and I did. So I asked her to put the dog on the floor, and she was able to do that. And I told her to put the bird in the sky, and she was able to do that. But then I asked her, where did you put the bird? And she wasn't able to tell me that she put it in the sky. She just said, here. Mm. And I said, oh, you put the bird in the sky? What did you put in the sky? Mm -hmm. And she couldn't tell me that either. So I quickly realized that this is the type of situation where the kid can fly under the okay. radar. I was wondering what my point was. With her in normal conversation, she's able to just nod and agree, but she's really not gaining anything as soon as the conversation gets complicated. Mm-hmm. So a teacher could be lecturing or talking and giving instructions, and she might catch the first part, but then anything after that, she loses. And so she's not really learning in this environment and needs help. I think that my experiences last semester volunteering with the Neuroservice Alliance and Literacy Connection have really helped me develop very big jump cut skills camera to change with too. people who've had strokes. I remember my first day in NSA and how nervous this I was, was cool to though. interact with stroke survivors. But after receiving training and interacting with them more, I got a lot more comfortable. Last semester, NSA members started attending story time to read to children at the food bank. And while there, I got to interact with them in a different setting that wasn't really clinical. And it was very eye-opening. And although we had members who were fluent and members who were non-fluent and a member in between, we were able to see the different ways that they read their stories. So one member would read the stories exactly as they were written, and then the next one would just say words that she saw. And if she couldn't think of the words, she'd kind of glance at us. And we'd help her out, or we'd just let the kids help her out because they'd get really wow, excited awesome. to say the word. I, love that. It was, I don't this know was if they still do it, but it was really because cool. It allowed me to see the members outside of a clinical setting and see how their strokes mm-hmm. had affected their everyday lives. I've been asked multiple times by students here in the department how I'm able to volunteer in so many different activities and maintain a high GPA while maintaining a smile on my face. Right. Because this major right. is kind of stressful. The answer is really that I've fought really hard for this, and I have worked so hard to get here. So I am thankful for all the opportunities that I've been given because I I have had to fight for each and every one of them. It was never just handed to me. I wasn't able to just stumble upon a volunteering opportunity and start participating. I had to go home and discuss it with my family and get in fights about it. So once I finally obtained it, I had to be worthy of it. And I really appreciate everything this department has given me in terms of support and opportunities because I didn't think I would last the fight. I didn't think I'd end up getting my bachelor's degree, let alone applying to my master's and hoping to get a PhD someday. So mm-hmm. I really just want to thank you guys for this opportunity <laughs> and for watching my video. And have a great day. <laughs> and have a great day. You're like, it's over? Have a great day. Wait, I want to say, <laughs> can you see? I want to say though. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? No, you go. No, wait, 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 what did you mean? I was just gonna say, can you tell how much I love our department? Like, genuinely, I, like, yeah. I was dead the whole video, but I'm like, I just, like, when I started talking about our department, I, like, lit up, mm-hmm. kind of. But yeah, right. go ahead. Well, that, and it was the end of the video, and you're like, have a good day, we're have done. A good day. <laughs> what if they watched it at night, my dog? <laughs> That's true, it is true. Um, no, I love how you're like, a lot of students have asked me how do I do this and this and this and get I, good grades, yeah. and I was like, go you, but I'm like, yeah, you, um... You boast about everything that you did. Absolutely. I mean, I'm trying to get them to take me, of course. But honestly, like genuinely, people did used to ask me. And sometimes there was like this like, like this tone to it of like, of course you're doing that. Like, you know, like, of course you're also doing this. Like, how do you do Like, you know, just like this, like. Nasty tone. Yeah, like a little bit of a nasty tone. Um, Like low-key jealous. Yeah, a little bit. But like, that is true. Like, I genuinely had to like maybe fights was a little bit of a strong word but like I anytime I volunteered somewhere like I would come home and I'd be like okay I'm gonna start volunteering here and like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna be there this time to this time this is the goal and then like we'd discuss it like we'd have like a family discussion about if I should do it or not because like I was already out of the house so much honestly at that point like I honestly I actually I don't even think I saw anybody outside of school for our undergrad most people most people go clubbing on the weekends most people (laughs) not me you know go to parties (laughs) and drink but madame no she's helping 
Assyrian refugees on Sunday Stop. afternoons. And I love that. What a great person. Should I go should I go I apply that. for Miss America? What do you do on your yeah. Oh my goodness. I help yeah, Syrian refugees and people with aphasia read stories to yes. the Syrian refugees. Just kidding. <laughs> no, I love that. That is so cool. Like that's awesome. That in majority of your and I feel like you genuinely loved it. Like that's I did, what you're yeah. passionate about. Yes. And that's what the main thing that you consumed yourself with. And that's beautiful. I mean, like um, I said, that was a wonderful vision. Yeah. Video. Thank you. Thank you. I it was cringy for me, but like I told you, I think in the first or second episode, I don't know when I said this, but I nothing on my resume was there just to be on my resume. I loved everything I was yeah. doing except one thing. And that was like something like a training I attended or something, right? Like I did do that just to be yeah, on my resume. For like school. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That was well, my video. Um cringy, yeah. but like and heartfelt kind of. So good. I like the oh, end. So- I like the end a lot. I think like mm-hmm. my love for the department showed. Um, because we have an amazing yeah. faculty, so absolutely. I, like I just love and have a good day. <laughs> Such a baby. I was Um, so cute. But now I think we're going to watch my up my video on the next episode. Mm -hmm. Um, prepare to see how I'm excited. Is it similar? I wanted cringy. Absolutely. No, is it (laughs) similar? Like same structure, kind of. Because I remember there was prompts. I, I basically, okay, what I did, I didn't want to rewrite anything, so I, I had made multiple, um, wait, maybe I should tell you in the next episode. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, we'll save it for the next episode, okay. but, so we, I can really fully talk about it and then go straight into it, um, but guys, stay tuned for the next episode, we will talk about my video, I'm so excited and scared as well. Um, okay, Sounds we'll good. go to our next segment then, mm-hmm. SLP wrap. Here we go. Right, so our SLP hit or miss. Do you want to go first, Rob? For you can go ahead. This week, <laughs> no, you can go ahead. <laughs> um, okay, sure. Uh, let's see. I have a hit today. My hit. I don't know if you know Dr. Anissa Humber. I think that's her name. Sounds familiar. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing it right. Um, she's really big in like dysphagia. She came out, she has like the step program um, that's really good. Our friend April completed it, gives you a lot of great information, a lot of good in-depth um, like research on swallowing and dysphagia, highly recommend it. But my hit this week is she did a swallowing wellness, a documentary, and I watched a snippet of it. I think it's a series from what I can tell. Um, from what I've seen on her Instagram, but um, she posted a snippet of one of the interviews she did. And it's basically this person or this patient who had a stroke. Um, he had dysphagia and he talks about his intera- his initial interactions with understanding dysphagia. Basically, he says that, you know, he said that the speech therapist showed him like a diagram, like a 2D image of, you know, the anatomy and just kind of basically said, you're having swallowing difficulties. And that was kind of it. Um, And he was just like, why don't speech therapists sit down with us and kind of show us the images, show us what textures that we had difficulties, show me like what part of my anatomy is um, weak, you know, what is the issue? And then show me basically what kind of exercises and strategies work with this? And my supervisor from my medical internship always taught me that, you know, you do the MBS and the next session should be showing the video and educating. And I've that always stuck with me. And it was so cool to see like this person who had dysphagia kind of like reiterate that. And I've always gotten positive feedbacks from my patients when I actually show, there's a huge difference when I show a patient a 2D image versus when I actually show them, you know, their swallow study. Like one time, um, I had a patient with like severe dysphagia and I kind of basically showed her on a 2d image because I didn't have access to this, like, um, the MBS videos, like right then and there. And she was like, well, no, but I'm swallowing fine. And I was like, but if only you can see your images, Lily. can I only show you, you something? Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I don't know if this like helps with your situation. I feel like this is probably like what you're saying would not be helpful. Okay. But hold on. Okay, I'm sure you've seen these before, but 
I found these. And, like, I know that a video would be way way better. But, like, do you remember that we had to learn how to draw this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I found them, and it's, like, textured. I feel like it's not doing it justice. And, like, it's actually, like, a 3D. Obviously, not everyone's oh. is the same. Anyways, I really loved it. And I got it because I felt like it would be really good visual when you don't have access to an MBS video. Yeah. And then that's what typically I use. But it's, like, basically that diagram, but not, like... Um, not 3d raised i guess yeah mm-hmm. not raised yeah um so it's very like, similar it's... to that but that but he was saying that like he doesn't like that he didn't like the mm-hmm. diagrams he didn't like the model he was yeah. like i want to see my the video and see mm-hmm. it in action and i was like that's so cool to like know that that's what patients kind of want and just it's great educational piece i typically if i do an mbs in an acute care setting um, especially if they're alert and they're able to understand and you know they're um, cognition is pretty intact and they, or they have family support, I will show them their video um, and be able to like educate them. And I, I see a lot of more buy-in and understanding to their dysphagia. Um, but yeah, yeah that's sure. my hit. I highly recommend that you guys watch it. Um, follow her on Instagram. Her, I believe her, I don't know what her, I'll just put in the show notes, but I was going to say, just absolutely highly recommend. Yeah. Okay. But what's your Sounds good. this week? So I have a hit this week. Um, okay, so I am, I don't know if we could say this word on the podcast, but I'm a slut for Speech Tree Co. Do you know Speech Tree Co.? I've heard of it before. but So she it. does, she makes mini objects and then she like, it's a, well, I'm subscribed oh, to her, yes, but she yes, does yes. like, she's, I, I think know. she was initially like known for like her um, articulation mini objects. Anyways, she's a really big thing. Well, she did a collab with Bajorn Speech Cards, except that I'm saying her name oh, wrong. So cool. Yes. So I had bought these from her. And these are like the the speech um, contrast cues for speech and literacy. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, like the snake is the S sound, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they teamed up. I had already had this deck. But they teamed up and they made cues. Where's my snake? Oh. I don't want it. Oh, so close. Sorry, Hannah. One second. You always have your materials like in the. the that's because this is. I think that's so great. <laughs> that's because this used to be my my office, my therapy room, oh, where everything is. Room. That makes a yeah. lot of sense. That's why it's always a mess. Okay, so this is like the the mini object. I feel like it's not. Uh-huh. Can you see it? Like it's literally it. like, yeah. like ah. they're so cute okay but that's not just that's not the only thing i've used these in therapy oh my gosh it works so well and like having the mini object makes it so better like so much better yeah so initially we were doing the cards and we were doing like working on our s sound um she has consonant cluster deletion she is eight um so she's a little bit old to have consonant cluster deletion um Oh, where's my other one? Okay, so this is your n sound, like no. Um, and then there's a little hand for it. No. Anyways, mm, um, so, so cool. we we would put it together with the visual and the little mini objects. And we do snow. That was where we started off. And then, yeah, she, she gets it. She would get it, you guys. These really work. They're so, so good. And then she has like a different awesome. S sound. My understanding is she has a different S sound. Like if the snake sound doesn't work, I think it's like a flat tire and it's like that because that's the sound a flat tire makes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard like really good things about it, but I don't think it's in this deck. But anyways, that's my SLP hit. It is these little mini objects from the Speech Trico and Bijorm Speech. <laughs> I cannot say her name, but we'll link them. Um, and they're so amazing. Absolutely worth every penny. Um, I really am like a... SLUT for Speech Tree Co. because I'm subscribed to her. I buy every time she like drops a new product, I buy it. Even when I was on my maternity leave, I love, love her stuff. She's really good. So if you're in the preschool age or elementary school age, her stuff is really good for that. But that's my SLP hit. That's a good hit. I actually really like that. And if I ever do pediatrics, I will keep that in mind. Um, I did want to mention... 
that I know we talked about this personally, but you know, our podcast has mainly been about like, you know, medical field. And I'm so excited that you're working again with clients <laughs> because now we'll get some pediatrics involved. Um, mm -hmm. I love the medical field. Don't get me wrong, but I would love to hear more about pediatrics and, you know, your journey starting um, working again. So I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to see where it goes. Sounds good. I'm really excited too. I've been waiting for this, you guys. Every day I was on my maternity leave. I was like, okay, when am I going back? Um, but <laughs> it's good to have you back. Um, so guys, that ends this episode. We encourage you guys as always to get involved in our communication corner crew in our Facebook group. And um, let us know if you guys had to do videos for grad school or if you have any funny um, interviews that you completed when you were applying to grad school. Um, as always, you can reach us at our socials at Communication Corner Pod and our Gmail at Communication Corner Pod at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening to us today. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye.